Dave Alvin is an iconic American musician. Growing up in Los Angeles, he was exposed to legendary blues musicians as a teenager. He went on to form the band The Blasters and also played with the seminal LA punk band X. His career has spanned decades and he's been involved in many projects, but his love for American roots music has been evident throughout his career. Last year, he put out an album called From an Old Guitar, as well as a psychedelic jam project with a group called The Third Mind. I had a chance to chat with Dave about his music and these albums. I hope you dig it. In 2020, you released two albums. In early 2020, it was uh, the kind of trippy, psychedelic album uh, from a, a group called The Third Mind. And uh, it was just such an interesting album. Uh, I, I was wondering if you could tell us how that project came together. Well, I always wanted to make an album like The Third Mind album. Um, I read a book years ago, a biography of Miles Davis that uh, went into pretty, pretty intense detail about his recording sessions, how he made his records, particularly in the electronic era around, uh, um, you know, the albums Bitches Brew and Jack Johnson, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, In a Silent Way. Uh, but even others, you know, even some of his acoustic, more traditional jazz records, where um, he would go into the studio, you know, and, ha and have great musicians, of course, and uh, he would just say, okay, key of G and here's a, here's, here's a chord pattern and jam. And, uh, and then he would later take the tapes and he and his producer, uh, Teo Macero would cut up these performances. They'd record over a week you know, of these things and then they cut them up and make them into compositions. And I just thought, boy, that would be fun. And we didn't go that far. Um, maybe on our next album we will. But the idea that you know I came up with um, was uh, no rehearsals, no prearrangements. You know, like we didn't figure out what to do. It was just, you know, the only thing we decided on was the key. And it would be, you know, we'd say, you know, we're going to do, let's do this Fred Neal song in the key of D. Or, um, you know, we'll do, you know, that was it. And then turn on the, turn on the machine and go. And um, it helps to have really great musicians. The drummer is a guy named Michael Jerome. And Michael's been Richard Thompson's drummer for many, many, many years. And, but he also played with the Blind Boys of Alabama and a band called Better Than Ezra and um, Sarah Bareilles and, you know, a bunch of other people. He's a brilliant musician. And um, I had known him since years ago, like, I don't know, 18 years ago or so. I did a tour with uh, Richard Thompson, and uh, I was watching the drummer every night, and not so much Richard, you know. I mean, <laughs> you'd expect a guitar player to be watching Richard, but I was watching Michael, and I was thinking... One of these days, I want to. I I gotta work with him, you know. And then the bass player was a guy named Victor Krummenacher, who's an old, 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 old friend of mine, uh, who's from the bands uh, Camper Van Beethoven and uh, and Cracker, and um, and the guitar player is a guy David Immergluck, who um, is just a wonderful lyrical, crazy guitar player, totally different style than me. And uh, he'd been John Hyatt's guitar player for like four or five years. And, but also he's in, uh, like these days, he's playing in uh, Counting Crows. And, but he's also one of these guys, he's played with a lot of people. 
And then the um, other vocalist is a friend of mine named Jesse Sykes from up in Seattle, who is just such a unique, beautiful singer that I've always wanted to work with her. And, um, you know, these are all people that were down with the idea of, okay, no rehearsal, no arrangements. We don't know what's going to happen. And we're just doing this for fun. And, um, and it worked out really neat. You know, I got to say, you know, um, we were going to do a tour, but of course the pandemic, you know, um, made that, you know, postpone that for a while. We had two, two tours canceled and, uh, we've had two, we were going to go back into the recording studio two times and both times the pandemic has, you know, made, made going in to make our, our next album, uh, difficult, but we'll get it done. And, uh, so hopefully when, uh, when all this is over, yeah, we'll be back on, we'll finally get on the road with this thing. And the live shows will be basically like the record, you know, no rehearsals, no arrangements, but the musicians are so great, um, that you, you really, in a way you don't need it, you know? Um, and, um, you know, I'm not that great, but you know, they, they cover up all my mistakes, you know? <laughs> I think people would disagree with that last statement, but, um, <laughs> the, uh, so when you, when you do go back on tour, do you plan on, I mean, it, do you not plan on playing the songs from the album? Are you planning on making it real free form and just every night's going to be a little different? Uh, both, both. Um, I think, um, in my own shows, you know, when I'm Dave Alvin and the guilty ones out touring, um, there are sections of my shows that are, intentionally left open like um certain songs you know we just we don't know how they're going to end and uh and i'd like to do that and i've done that for years with my bands because one it keeps everybody on their toes you know um and it keeps me on my toes <laughs> yeah yeah that's where the magic happens you know those moments kind of yeah yeah you know i've gone to a few shows lately in the past couple of years of, uh, and, and I get kind of bored because especially like, you know, bigger, you know, theater shows, that kind of stuff, because I know everything is choreographed, you know, um, right down to where the guitar players are going to go stand and take their solos because they have, they have lighting, you know, so be here. We're going to put the spotlight here and that's where you're going to be. And, and that's great, you know, in a way, but for me, it's kind of dull after a while. It's, uh, I, I like, um, I, I love a good tight band, you know, and, um, but on the other hand, I also love it when the musicians are, you know, screwing up, you know <laughs> what I mean, whether they're making mistakes accidentally or trying to go somewhere that they've never been before. And, uh. You know, the older I've gotten, the more I enjoy that. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I was I was going to ask this a little bit later, but it kind of fits in with this um, uh, topic. You mentioned um, the, the, the jazz roots of that album and, and Bitches Brew and, and whatnot. But I was, I was listening to Walking the Floor podcast when you were on there uh, with Chris Shiflett. And you were talking about um, going and seeing Lightning Hopkins as a teenager and like blues clubs and stuff like that. I, did, yeah. I just thought that was such an interesting uh, sort of entrance into the world of music. Yeah, I was really fortunate, you know. Um, I'm basically pretty shy, and my brother Phil, though, is not. And um, and 
he also had a, a great loud voice, even as a young, even as a young teenager. And, um, so he would let me tag along with him and he was the guy that would go, you know, make the initial, you know, he's going to go talk to lightning Hopkins or big Joe Turner or Tivo Walker. And then once he did that, then I could do it, you know, because <laughs> of my shyness. Uh, so yeah, we spent, um, a good chunk of our teenage years sneaking into bars and following around, you know, I saw lightning, lightning Hopkins got about at least somewhere between 30 to 35 times live, you know, and big Joe Turner got 50 to 55. I mean, we, we literally followed, you know, big Joe Turner and T-Bone Walker because they lived in Southern California we'd follow them from gig to gig, like, you know, like deadheads, except we were, you know, big Joe heads. And, um, uh, and then, you know, big Joe became, you know, a close personal friend for the rest of our life, you know? And, uh, so I was really lucky and fortunate, you know, to have that experience as a young man, because, you know, performers like that, they just aren't around anymore. And there were certainly things you could learn from them, you know, musically, um, but there were also things you could learn from them about survival, you know, surviving in the music business, surviving in the world in general. And, you know, there were good lessons for, for young kids, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's pretty special. So the, um, the other album you released this, uh, this last year in, in November of 2020 was, um, uh, from an old guitar and has all kinds of, uh, unreleased recordings. Uh, what, what gave you the idea to put this one out? I've been wanting to put it out for years and my manager has been against it. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, my manager was always like, Oh, it's not the right time. It's not the right time. And then, uh, you know, during the middle of a pandemic where it became difficult, you know, to go into a, you know, an enclosed recording studio and, 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 you know, every record I make, I, I record it, um, with all the musicians in the room, you know, with one or two exceptions. Um, you know, maybe I'll bring in a harmony singer later on or something, but you know, when we're, when we're recording bass drums and guitars and pianos, I want everybody playing at the same time. And so the pandemic makes that difficult, you know? So it became, um, um, well, this is the right time to put this out. And, um, I'm all the tracks on from an old guitar, all the songs and performances you know, um, I'm really proud of, uh, you know, to me, some, you know, some of the tracks on there are, are amongst the best stuff I've ever done, you know, both in my solo career and then the blasters or X or whatever, you know? Um, and so I'm, I'm really happy and, and proud to finally have them be released officially. You know, uh, some of them are on, um, tribute records, you know, that, that, you know, came and disappeared, that kind of thing. Some of them were, um, some of the songs were songs for albums of mine that I just thought, well, it doesn't fit or, you know, whatever reason I had at the time. Um, and, but then most of them were just things I recorded for fun. Um, to me, keeping the fun in music is, is the important part and it keeps you from becoming, uh, some kind of bitter, jaded, horrible, grumpy musician guy. You you know you really don't want to be that guy you know what I mean and uh, and you can tell you know audiences can tell 
when they go to a show and, and it's a show by grumpy, jaded musician guy. <laughs> and, and, uh, so for me, it's always been important to keep the fun aspect. And so, yeah, I would get off, off the road and, um, uh, you know, I'd have some money and instead of buying a, an old vintage guitar or, or buying a fancy sports car, I would just book time at a recording studio and call up friends of mine, you know, you know, and just say, Hey, you want to go to the studio on Tuesday? You know, I've got a Willie Dixon song. I've always wanted to cut. I just thought we cut it for fun. Okay. You know, it was that kind of thing. And there was no pressure on me or on the other musicians. It was just, you know, fun. And, and I think that, um, that, 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 um, element of surprise and exploration and fun, you know, is, is certainly there right there in the grooves on the, from an old guitar record and also on the third mine album, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I've always been a big fan of highway 61 revisited from, uh, uh, from Dylan, it's one of my favorite albums he ever put out. I love uh, so, many, oh, yeah. so many songs on that one, but you did a cover of, of that, that song, and I was wondering what your connection to that song was. Where can I go? And Howard said, there's only one place I know. And Sam said, tell me quick, man, I gotta run. Well, old Howard just pointed with his gun and said, that way. Down Highway 61. Well, I'd heard it all my life, you know, and I always loved the song. And um, so when I did the cover, you know, you want to, you know, it's one of those, you know, it's hard to even come close to equaling a Dylan doing Dylan, you know, the real classic recordings. And, um, and I'm a big fan of Michael Bloomfield, which you know that style of guitar playing kind of pops up on the third mind album we do a cover of a mike michael bloomfield composition called east west and um um and he played the guitar on the highway 61 the original by bob dylan so i'd always liked it but i also knew that i had to change it in some ways to make it mine you know or or mm -hmm. you know give it a reason to exist if you know what i mean right and uh so i changed the kept it you know it's just it's a blues song and i kept it as a blues song but i just i changed some of the chords uh the chord structure of the song um and then i also vocally i approached it um more as uh you know somewhere between mose allison the the great jazz and blues pianist singer mm -hmm. and uh and a guy named ken nordine who was a sort of a spoken word artist back in the 50s <laughs> and uh so it's i wanted to have the lyrics to have um the dylan version is kind of like you know it's it's surreal and and funny and humorous and i wanted it to be uh you know, I wanted to be the voice of, of Armageddon, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it's like, uh, you know, I mean, because the, the song wraps up with the uh, world blowing up. Right. And uh, so I decided, well, let's let's get a voice that 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 is heavy, you know, use my heaviest, you know, vocal skills and uh, to get that across the, the impending doom of that song. And, uh, and yet you can still dance to it, you know, cause it's a, 
it's a rocking little blues number right that's funny because when i was listening to it i was like um the, the almost spoken word aspect and then your voice is really deep and i was just like this is like the voice of god this is perfect i love that <laughs> 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 that's funny that's what you're going well, for thanks <laughs> one doesn't get told you have the voice of god every day yeah. <laughs> that's good well another song that stood out to me was uh man walks among us and um i wasn't familiar yeah. with it that marty robbins on a side note marty robbins is such an interesting guy He's, he did such diverse music and people kind of know him as like yeah the, the cowboy stuff but he's interesting but anyway um yeah i just love the mystical qualities to that song and um yeah i was wondering why you chose that particular song a whirlwind is dancing around i stop to survey all the beauty that's here when a shadow moves up across the ground it's an eagle and he circles above me uh, I love the song. Well, I'm a big fan of Marty Robbins. Um, and yeah, he, you're right. He did so many styles of music from from uh, the cowboy stuff, but he also did rockabilly. He did, you know, of course, he was known in the 60s and 70s predominantly as a country singer. But he was also a great songwriter, you know. Um, I don't think people realize, you know, when, you know, Marty Robbins wrote El Paso. And... Mm -hmm. I don't care who, in a way, no matter who wrote him, El Paso, they were a great songwriter. There's just that's one of the greatest songs ever written in in the in the genre, you know, yeah. the roots music genre, you know. Um, for me, you know, El Paso by written by Marty Robbins and Memphis written by Chuck Berry mm. are the pinnacles of of roots music songwriting, you know. Right. Up there, you know, maybe with I'm So Lonesome I Could Cry by Hank Williams or, uh, uh, you know, uh, Hellhound on My Trail by Robert Johnson. You know, those are huh. those are just the pinnacles. And uh, and so the thing that that I loved about Man Walks Among Us, one, it's so different from lyrically. It's so different from just about everything Marty Robbins wrote before or after. Mm hmm. And Marty Robbins, you know, grew up in Arizona, so he knew the desert well. And uh, I grew up, you know, spending a lot of time as a kid in Arizona, New Mexico, and Utah, and in the in the California deserts. Hmm. That uh, and you know some of the Nevada deserts. Um, that I've always, you know, I I have a, a great love for the Mojave and the Sonoran and the Great Basin deserts. Right. Um, and that song just captures it perfectly. Yeah. You know, um, and, you know, it's a, like I said, it's a lesser known Marty Robbins song that should be greater known. You know, and he was a complicated, complex, interesting guy, you know. And I don't know whether he would, uh, he would have been a member of, uh, you know, the Nature Conservancy or something. But on the other hand, he wrote a great song about, his love for the environment, you know, his love for the desert. And, uh, yeah, I just love that song. You know, the album has so many songs on it. And obviously you have personal connections to all these songs cause you recorded them just for fun. But, um, out of all the tunes, what, what are, what do you think are some of your, your go-to favorites on the album? Oh, uh, all of them, you know, they all have something, you know, that I like, um, 
you know, whether it's a song that I wrote or a song written by somebody else, you know, there's all these little things that make me go, God, I'm glad we caught that. We caught that little magic in time. Right. You know, Highway 61 revisited, certainly, you know, that, that, um, you know, that's one of the better things I ever caught, period, you know. Hmm. And, um, you know, there's a, there's an instrumental, a couple instrumentals on there. Um, uh, one is a tribute to a great Chicago blues guitar player named Earl Hooker, um, called variations on Earl Hooker's rumba, which is mm -hmm. what it is. And, um, there's an old song written by Louis Armstrong's second wife, Lil Harden Armstrong called Perdido street blues from back in the 1920s. Mm. And I love that track, you know, that's, that's, I love that, that kind of music, you know, sort of, um, early, early, where early jazz and blues were kind of connected. Mm -hmm. And, um, but then, yeah, man walks among us, um, you know, uh, means a lot to me. Peace, the Willie Dixon song, cause Willie was a friend of mine and mm -hmm. I always loved that song. And, uh, so yeah, there's, you know, things all over the record that just really touched me. You know, there's a duet that I wrote for the great, um, Dobro player, Cindy Cashdollar and me when I, when she was part of my group, the guilty women, um, you know, called crazy and Ignats, named after the George Harriman's comic book characters from right. back in the 1920s. And, uh, you know, I told Cindy, okay, you're crazy cat. You be feline and I'll be the. You know, Ignatz the mouse throwing bricks at you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so every little track's got something that, that, you know, makes me either giggle or smile, you know. Right. That's great. Well, this year and last year have been kind of strange with touring shut down and all that. But um, uh, do you have any, um, uh, I guess I should say, what are your plans for this next year? Do you have any projects coming up? Um, it, it, is touring going to possibly be opening up at the end of the year? What are some uh, future projects you got going? Well, we're certainly going to do a second, third mind album and do a tour. Um, and again, it's just kind of based on, you know, I've got my vaccination shot and, um, you know, waiting for the other musicians to get theirs. And then, right. yeah, maybe we can go into the studio semi safely. And, and, you know, cause you have to, for, for the kind of music I play, and especially the third mind kind of thing, you all have to be in the room at the same time. Mm -hmm. You can't do overdubs. You can't do, you know, well, we'll cut the track and then you can, we'll send it up to you wherever you are and you just record, you know, you can't do that um so but we're definitely doing the third mind i'm also you know um yeah i did a record uh, about three years ago or so with jimmy dale gilmore mm -hmm. and jimmy and i jimmy dale and i are you know we're, we're planning on doing another record together okay um i did a couple records before the one with jimmy dale w with my brother phil uh, that were mainly, you know, pretty much one was a tribute to one of our heroes, the great blues man, Big Big Bill Brunzi, mm. um, called Common Ground. And then we did one called Lost Time of of uh, blues songs that we love. And I think at some point my brother and I will make another album together, maybe of original songs. I don't know. Um, and then I also, you know, the, I'll probably do some sort of just strictly Dave Alvin record, you know, <laughs> um, it all, like I said, you know, it, it's all kind of based on the pandemic and, and, um, whether, 
you know, we can get all the musicians safely together, you know. Um, right. I know that people have done sessions lately where every day they have to go get, you know, COVID tested before they can go into this recording studio. And, of course, that costs money, and that adds to your budgets, and I don't have budgets that big, so I have to wait till, you know, wait till it's safe and practical. But, uh, yeah, my plans are to... Uh, continue making music in you know in whatever way interests me and excites me you know absolutely all right well that's all the questions i had for you do you have any um any any final thoughts any last things you wanted to say uh no just i look forward to getting back up to uh carson city reno area and uh, making some noise up there i've always loved playing up there and I got a couple of friends up there, and they, you know, I love the scenery. I love the the. Uh, it's it's always an interesting vibe there. Yeah. Um, and uh, so yeah, I, I look forward to you know just getting back out on the road and making music every night. That's my that's my that's my religion. So I need to go to church. You know. All right, man. Well, thanks again. All right, Will. You got it. We'll we'll see you. We'll see you in Carson City. Jumping up and down with the sisters and the daughters. Out on the-